0: What we've got here is failure to communicate.
1: Hey, I'm UFC President Dana White, and you're in the ring with Callum McGregor. They're staring at me. See ya? 2022, don't tap. Nikki Gly, Callum McGregor, we are back. And this season, we plan to not only win, but entertain and, and, you know, try to get a couple more than, you know, the handful of people listening. Ronnie, I hear you. Um, so we're going to get started right away. And I think we're going to mix things up like a lot of podcasts are doing because, you know, um you want to sort of steal a little bit from the best and some of the guys out there have the right idea with switching up how they go about um their podcast. One thing that we're going to do is we're going to go from the top down. We're going to go from the main event to the prelims because if you're not listening to, you know, Clint for the full hour, you're probably not going to listen to us for the full hour unless you know us personally or like us. So right now what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to just sort of address how we're going to change things up a little bit. We're going to go top down um, as far as the breakdowns go. Going into this year, we do want to do it. We haven't really ironed out exactly how we're going to do that yet. Um, I think that once we do all of our picks after this one, we'll be able to really come up together with what the scoring system will be like, and we can put it on Twitter exactly how we're going to score it. And then going into the next podcast, we'll already have you know how we did, what our points were, and keep moving rolling forward from there um for you man I know it's a new year I know we did record a little bit of a you know off off off-season podcast um that didn't quite make it to air for you what were some of your big spots of the year like what was one of your biggest spots of the year or moments that you you enjoyed or fighters that you enjoyed last year
0: um I think like a lot of people pointed out like Chris Curtis was definitely one of the guys that I think made us a lot of money especially us cappers who see things from a different angle than people that just see a line, you know. You saw the Phil Haas fight where I think it was almost, you're 300. And most people like us that do these podcasts, we were advising to stay away from that. And if anything, take the underdog. Um, it was nice to see from a fan perspective, it's nice to see Josh Emmett get back in there. I've been a fan of that guy for a lot of years. Nice to see him get back in there get back in the win column. You know, we're going to talk about Calvin Cater later, the Max Holloway fight at January last year. Nice to, that was a good way to start the year. So with Calvin Cater starting off the year for us again, hopefully we can start off with a bang. Um, overall, it was a good year though. There's a lot of good fights and hopefully we can continue that trend this year.
1: Yeah, I want to give a, you know, I'm with you on the action, man. Um, poor guy actually tweeted after his last fight. He's like, he realized he could uh, bet on himself now. And mm-hmm. I messaged, I tweet I, I, twi- I sent a message back and I retweeted him like, look, man, unfortunately you're not going to get a good price on yourself next time because, uh, <laughs> He's gonna be inflated. And and you know, in that situation, you might even look to fade him in the future because he was the underdog and, and the lines are so off and whatever else. But man, his body work and the amount of guys that have gas tank issues, I think that he's gonna do very well up until he hits about the top four, top three. Yeah,
0: and that's it. Like his boxing looks crisp. And the guy can take a punch too. He's but I don't think he's ever really been finished, or if he has, I think he's been finished once in his career. Like the guy can take a beating before he goes down and he kind of just stalks his opponents down. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes or where uh, he goes in the future.
1: Yeah, he has been stopped in uh, PFL, I think a couple times, but regardless of that, it's uh he's got slick boxing, he knows how to use his range and he works that body. Like I there's hardly anybody right now that works the body the way he does. So um, not to make this a Chris Curtis caught um you know, podcast, but he definitely was a a spot that jumped out. I want to give a shout out to Ontario, um, actually, you know, and we got to be be homers a little bit, but it was a year that Canada started to put itself on the map again. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Mike Malott, Jasmine Jazza-DeVicious, Aaron Jeffries. I know he didn't come up the way he wanted, but I mean, he's really a phone call, somebody canceling a fight and him, he's a phone call away. I know he's going back down to the States now because we're living in draconian times. Um, up here in Canada. So a lot of the fighters going back down to the States to fight at their, uh, you know, American gyms. Josh Show took his whole family out of here, Um, (laughs) took them down down to, I think, Florida or something. He's training down there right now. It just doesn't make sense. Malcolm Gordon's given a notice that he's not allowed to train um, because mixed martial arts isn't acknowledged as a competitive sport with regards to their new rules and everything they have so a lot of fighters leaving but i hope they don't leave permanently because you know we finally are getting traction niagara top team we got cruel you know house of champions you know there's just so much going on in ontario and it it would be sad that you know that's just yet another thing killed and you hear my my horrible tone to my voice yet another (laughs) thing killed by the province um so yeah we although this is you know episode one of season two this is the shut them down lockdown special this is onyx is heavyweight and still undisputed this is i am just trying not to go crazy so i started up a podcast with somebody i just met on facebook and now we're rolling (laughs) into season two but we're gonna bring more entertainment i can't come on here Uh, i think that what you did last season was bring a lot more um intel you know Mm -hmm. you brought a little more intel to the situation where i think i sort of you know I'll be honest with you. I, I, I Daniel Cormier some of the time and I I can't Daniel Cormier, I'm going to call myself out straight the fuck up. Um, I Daniel Cormier some of it. I went on my 15 to 20 years of, of watching fights and then not quite caught up with the last five years, the way it should be. Not that I don't know fights, but I, some of the fighters I've really got to get back in tune with again, watch tape, follow their Instagram. And and I think that's something I've already been working on and working towards, but if I can't bring that yet, then I have to bring this. This is what I do, and I entertain, and I, I'm either, you know, someone you really are annoyed by, but you might listen to, or somebody like yeah, I like the fucking guy. I'd have a beer with them, even though I don't drink. Um, so moving forward, I I know that uh, you already been bringing to the table um, some great breakdowns, and, and we've gone back and forth. We've got some great spots over the year um, so far. Uh, we finished off pretty solid at the yeah. end of the year too. Last well, card was that great was a, for a, a both of us. everything I pretty much I think on on that. So. Um, Definitely looking forward to that. And there is also going to be another segment that we're going to add, um, and we may add some other things or, or change it up with, you know, suggestions from people, but we're going to call it back or fade. And yes, there's some people that do this already where it's, you know, um uh, whether, whether it's, what do they say, buy or sell. And I know that they're doing that in the deadlock. And I know that they already do that in MMA fighting. And it's been done for a mm-hmm. while now. We're not going to get in depth but we're going to draft people and anything like that. All it is is just simply, we're already looking a couple cards ahead. If we're looking a couple cards ahead, I, I'm looking at some fighters that I'm seeing, like, you know, Paddy timblet has been brought up by multiple people, where he's, I think, inflated right now. And I think that he's someone to potentially fade. Um, versus yeah. Rafael Gaziev is someone... I will no longer fade Um, against in the Bobby Green fight. I think that Bobby Green potentially squeaked that fight out. And I think in my hate of that fight and how the decision went, um, I sort of faded and I I will not anymore. No, especially not with his last finish Um, remarkable fighter gas tank is a little bit of an issue, but he shows that he can get through, you know, three rounds once we get into five rounds and he gets up to that higher echelon. um, He's just actually set to fight. Is he not? He's got, Dos Do um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rafael
0: Dos the
1: Dos I love that matchup. It's a good um, fight. If it's Dos Anjos, like five, ten, or not five, ten years ago, but like about five years ago, I love that matchup even more. Um, but I'm probably going to fade the the veteran in that fight. But I've talked a lot. How's your Christmas and New Year's been? How have things been with you?
0: Everything's been good, man. You know, we took a month off. It was nice. I had some time where I can go and look up the uh, upcoming fights and stuff like that. And you know. And honestly, it was a good break. You know what I mean? Like the thing with the way we do MMA and the thing where it's a passion for people like you and I, is it takes up a lot of our time, it takes up a lot of our family time, takes a lot of everything. So I love the UFC schedule. I love the fact that it's something to do every weekend, but it's also nice to take a little break. You know, it gives you some time to reset. Like what people don't understand about this is this takes a lot of work. Like this is hours a week of me jotting down notes or listening to different podcasts or just trying to find different angles watching tapes that are blurry because they're from the regional scene from some guy you know recording it with his own camera so it was a good holiday season man i'm happy that we're back to it i definitely missed it i've watched more hockey than i ever have in 10 years because i missed having something to do on saturday nights but for sure it was good man <laughs> it was learning nice all thing.
1: about those both teams score in the first period um first team the, the you know one team wins in the first period all those little edges that you can get in in, in hockey betting too um yeah i think one other thing we're going to bring to the, the table with this podcast too is we really are genuinely going to get and, and try to get as many guest spots as we can on here um not just to get a big name to get a big name like there's some local coaches and and trainers who have trained some high level ufc fighters that you would have never even heard about
0: yeah. um
1: and there's some guys that have been around for a long time. So when there's like a striking, you know, card where we see a lot of striking matchups or potential kickboxing matchups, I'm going to get crew Len on here if I can. You know, he, he said he he showed interest in possibly coming on. Someone like him who's been around forever and, and has a striking background, if I can get him on here or even Josh Hill again, that's going to be the key. If it's going to be a grappling situation, there's so many um professors um that we can get on here that can actually break fights down not even just black belts like get some high high level guys to break down some jiu-jitsu potential grappling matchups so um with that i digress and let's roll into what is the first fight card of the year we have calvin cater against giga jagais and I faded Giga Jakazi because I had faith in Edson Barbosa, who came in with a, a brutal game plan against a guy who was going to kick at distance and land some, you know, some solid kicks to the, the midsection and eventually head up. And he, he just worked them all over the place. He worked them with the hands too, not just the kicks. And it wasn't a good game plan. And we have Calvin Cater, who obviously, I mean, it was the last time he fought. It was against Max, was it not? It's been a while since he's been yeah,
0: back in game. It'll be pretty much a year ago. I think it was January 2021 is the last time we fought.
1: Yeah, I mean, coming off a performance like that, it's not even about the amount of times he got hit um, from a humility standpoint. It's just like not even the psychology of how to get back into it. I just don't know how his head is after that. He took so many shots in that fight. And I'm very interested to see him come back in this normally with the number that he was at, as far as the dog, if the time distance and then how much he got hit in that fight wasn't a thing, then I'd probably back the dog in this situation. I can't find myself. I I almost did. And I was even, when we talked prior, I was looking at it, but um, for me, I don't know if Calvin Cater is going to be able to, break that distance and actually really, you know, close that distance on Giga Shikazi. He's going to have to time kicks. When he times kicks, come with the overhand. He's going to have to run his boxing and close that distance to crash the pocket. If he doesn't do that, you're just going to see Giga Shikazi do what he does. And he's going to lull you into a situation. He's going to obviously work his distance, lull you into a situation. And then you're going to leave a stomach open, a a liver open, a face open. And then he's going to land a kick or land a knee or a shot and, I mean, the guy's so powerful. So um, it's hard to not go with Giga in this fight, At the same token. I think he's like minus 250 or something at this point. So I'm trying to find ways to really find value in this fight at this, this, this time. So for you, where do you see the value in this?
0: Yeah, I'm on the same boat as you, um, as you and I both. Uh, back for Bozen's last fight. We have both have to admit, as you said, the game plan wasn't quite on point. But I think you can take a lot from that fight where Giga did show a fair bit of improvement in it. Um, it's funny, I said you talked about in doing a segment on people who were going to fade. And if we were talking about this a year ago, Giga would probably be on the top of my list. But at this point in time, I think he's making the proper adjustments. If you look back at some of his fights, he has shown some cardio issues, but it seems that he's kind of corrected that. He's kind of learned to slow himself down. And I think really where if he did have cardio issues would come into play, I think it'd be more against somebody who would be willing to like offensively wrestle him and make him work a little bit harder. Um, Calvin Cater has more of a traditional boxing style. He doesn't throw a lot of kicks. Uh, He doesn't throw a lot of feints. Like he just, you know, he kind of wants to brawl. And we kind of saw what happened in the Max Holloway fight. Not that I'm really comparing Giga and Max Holloway, but we saw what happens whenever somebody's a little faster, a little quicker than him. He gets kind of thrown off. He gets a little reckless. If you watch like the third, fourth, and fifth round of that fight, he tends just to get a little bit sloppy. So I'm pretty sure Giga rides in the spot. I'm pretty confident. The minus 250 price tag is a little bit of a stay away for me, but I think it's a good parlay piece. And I think because it's at the end of the night, you can hedge this one, out, this one out anyways. So if Giga's at the top of your ticket and that's the last one you need to cash, you can always bet Calvin Cater by KO plus 400, you know, yeah. the,
1: like the hedging option will be there for you at the end. So, cause, cause I mean, even the value in that hedge, I mean, as much as we're talking shit about Calvin Cater before Max Holloway pieced him up, he was a force to be reckoned with. Right. Um, it's just, he looked so neck, like a different level from Holloway in that fight that it, it's hard to want to back him, but there is a world of spider verse, so to speak that where he can, you know, time that kick, Land that overhand, or you know, crash that pocket and, and catch him. Anybody can get caught, and depending on where this line goes before fight day, I, I may back it based on value of, you know, where the where the points are at. Um, for sure. For, but for, for me, me th- right now, to stay away.
0: Yeah, and for me too. Like, I I know a lot of people are high on Cato, and I do think he's a good fighter. But I think he's a top ten fighter. I don't think he's a top five fighter. Like his win over Ige was impressive. His win over Jeremy Stevens, well. Jeremy Stephens is kind of a 50-50 fighter at this point. Um, he has, I think, just as many wins as he does losses in the UFC. And he's at the tail end of his career. Um, he got beat up pretty bad by Zabit, although if that fight did have, if that was five rounds, Calvin Cater would have won that fight just based on Zabit fading terribly in the fifth round. But over the last couple of years, in my opinion, he hasn't really beat anybody worth noting. Um, to me, his best win was probably Shane Burgos or Andre Fili, and that was back in 2017. So, I, like, I just don't see a reason to back him in the spot where Giga has shown nothing but improvements. And he seems to have, like, the heart and dedication to – he's already calling out the champion. He wants to be up there. You know he's taking this very, very seriously. So, to me, it's Giga all day. But.
1: Okay. So, I'm sort of a little bit of a stay away situation, and this is sort of how we're going to figure out – like, I think – even if in the first couple of weeks we figure out how we do the point system, I'm cool with that too, because it's mm-hmm. a long year. Um, but this is already a situation where I'm sort of staying away from this may <clears> go <this throat> dog. Um, and you're pretty heavy on Giga. Um, I'm still not opposed to potentially looking at the idea of that, that late night hedge with him in the parlay on the other side. And I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to that, but uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Uh co-main event, <laughs> the co-main event on the fight, on the card, um, Caitlin and against Jennifer Maya. This fight's already happened. Um, they've already been in a battle. Um, and Kayla Jukagian really, you know, she does what she does. She runs her distance. She's like, we going to point system people. And normally in a fight like this, I would say, just go fight goes the distance. Um, because that's likely what's going to happen. And it's probably your safest bet. But at the same time, it's probably chalky. Um, Jennifer Maya, on the other hand, is going to come in. She's got some decent striking. She also is obviously going to bring the grappling game to, you know, the fold. And she'll mix it up a little bit. Where the chance she has of changing the tide from what happened in the last fight is, that Jennifer Maya is going to fight inside a smaller cage thing, or, or mm-hmm. in the next next card. So I'm going to take a shot. I'm still going to pick and back Jennifer Maya in this fight. Um, I think that the fight could play out differently. I'm going to go with the smaller cage. I'm going to take a shot at Jennifer Maya as my pick for this one.
0: I'm Caitlin all day in this. Uh, I rewatched the first fight. I actually watched it twice before uh, we did the podcast here, and it really hasn't been that long. Like I think it's been about a year and a half since the last fight. Yeah, the last fight was in 2019, so about two, three years ago. But um, I other than that, like Jennifer Meis beat whoever Joanna Wood, and lost to Valentina, and then beat Jessica I, but I don't really know what improvements she could have made that would help her out in this fight. Like, even in the first fight, she wasn't really grapple-heavy. Excuse me. Um, And you think she would be, because Kalen pieced her up that whole fight, and she just looked completely lost. Like, I don't think she won a minute of that fight. Even whenever she tried to go for a takedown, you know, um, Kalen just did what Kalen does, and just slipped to the side, and I just don't think her wrestling strong enough to get Kaelin to the ground because even that <clears throat> Kaelin beat Fabian Arujo, Cynthia Calvillo, like people who have notably good wrestling. And I just don't see a world where she's going to get her down. And if this fight stays standing, Kaelin's going to win all day. I think minus 175 on Caitlyn's a steal. Like I think this should be a three to one <laughs> favorite at this point.
1: All right. All right. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm taking a shot at Jennifer Maya Moore because the cage is smaller, and, and I'm obviously banking on the fact she does have a, a decent grappling background, but she that she's going to actually implement it. Um, So it's all going to come down to her coaches and what she's done since that last fight and took away from the tape.
0: Um, I mean, so I'm banking on
1: sort of the whimsical. but
0: If you're right, and I'm saying this should be a 3-1 favorite, I'm going to look pretty stupid, so we
1: may have our first big disagreement. Brandon Royval against Rogerio Bontaren um we have power against volume um i didn't know how to bet this until i heard brendan roybell talk on um mike hex um podcast and he talked about how he's going to be changing everything um whether he's able to do that fully i i don't know because you tend to be old dog you know old dog you're going to do the same thing it's it's very hard to learn new tricks right so his style is just reckless volume Non stop in your face, and it's part of the reason why he's been so successful. It's also been part of his failure. Um, but we also have a guy in Rogerio who's um got a little bit of a gas tank issue, he's he's faded in multiple fights now. He's still able to win in fights, and, and it's shown um that he can do that. But Roy Val basically came out on the podcast with with Mike hack and talked about his psychology going into fights, talking about how he, he needs to cut back at least, you know, from the sounds of it, he's going to be cutting back about. of his, his volume and striking. Um, and he needs to be more controlled in there. Now, hopefully he can still bring chaos when he needs to, because I think that's going to be, if he can weaponize it properly, you know what I mean? And actually utilize that cardio and utilize that chaos. But I am very interested because if if anybody's heard that podcast, I would go check it out. Um, Brandon Roy Bell, I'm, I'm, I'm with him on this one. What's the odds at right now? Uh,
0: the odds right now for this or sitting at minus 170 to minus 140, or to plus 140, sorry, for Brandon Roybel.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, it's easy that we could say we want to fade him because he got beat by Pantoja, but Pantoja is potentially a future champion, um, and depending on timing and when that happens, but with Brandon Bell, I just, uh, I don't think this is a fade spot for him. I think this is a spot to, you know, I, I think he's going to come back and win this one, man. I think he's going to create a very interesting situation. I don't think he's going to be able to implement his whole new, or like, you know, um, game plan that he wants to do where he's going to be fully poised and controlled. Um, but I just see him throwing a lot of volume down in this. Um, he can take a shot. So I think if he can weather that first round of some big shots from Rogerio, I think we, we have a, a winner in Brandon Roybell. Um So he's actually probably going to be someone I'm going to probably lock in pretty hard. Not that I'm saying he's a lock, but as far as one of my main picks, um, what's your thoughts on this fight?
0: Yeah, like, once again, like, I have to agree, um, three straight favorites in a row, but, um, with Bontarino, like, he looked good against Matt Chanel. that fight was at 135, and he actually missed weight for that fight, but it was a short-notice fight, so, you can tell he's a guy that cuts a lot of weight, um, his run at flyweight hasn't been that great, like, he got KO'd by Carl Franz, got beat by Ray Borg, he beat, uh, Raleigh and Pavia, but, you know, once again, like, Pavia's up at 135 now and doing different things, um, with Brandon Ravel, the guy throws, as you said, like wild strikes. And even that Pantoja fight, like he was winning that fight. He made a mistake, ended up giving up his back fairly quickly. And Pantoja being a black belt just did what a black belt does and wrapped around that neck. So, you know, he made a pretty clinical error in that fight. Other than that, he lost to Brandon Moreno, which is the champion now. So you can't give him really any flack about that. Um, I think, as you said, with what he said with Mike Hag, that – He just needs to make improvements to his game. The guy's young. He's only 29 years old. So he's got all the time in the world to make mistakes or um, and fix from them. So I'm with you. I think Brandon Vell runs in the spot. I'm not really high on his opponent there. And (laughs) I think that the guy should honestly even be at 135 because he's too big for the division. I think the weight cut probably makes it worse for him.
1: Yeah, I think that – As long as his coaches are in his corner, keeping him controlled and whatever the new game plan is, and they can actually unleash that chaos when they need to. um, I think Roy Bell is going to roll in this and remind everybody why he was at the top of the division not too long ago. Um, That's it.
0: And the thing to know is like guys like that, that are super flashy, like they sometimes forget the roots, but they all started the same way. Right. Like striking leg kicks, like very simplistic stuff. And then they develop the flashy stuff as time progressed and sometimes they take or sometimes that takes away from them just going back to what they know where you can throw the wild kicks the spinning elbows that type of stuff but at the end of the day what's going to win you a fight is going to be your jab your right hook your cross the stuff that got you to the dance in the first place and then you incorporate the stuff after the fact brennan ravelle's his last couple of fights has just used an obscene amount of flashy styles so hopefully he tones it down a bit and i think we'll see a more complete fighter
1: Yeah, a little bit more focus thrown into some basic combinations that set those wild things up maybe um, instead of just throwing them at at you like the kitchen sink. So moving on to the next fight on the card, probably the most unremarkable fight in the card um, would be Chase Sherman against Jake Collier. I'm going to be quick. Um, (laughs) I faded Chase Sherman in his last fight. Um, I'm probably going to fade him again in this fight. I think he shouldn't fight anymore. I think he's been hit too many times. He does have some decent boxing. He can catch somebody and win this fight. But as soon as it doesn't start to go his way, he sort of disappears. Um, And I'm probably not going to go to the window with this. I may just do it out of being an asshole just to fade Sherman. But uh, I'm going to call Jake Collier in this fight. And and I'm not calling him with any kind of, you know, I'm not not feeling great about it because I'm not touching it really. So. We'll say Chase Sherman loses this fight and gets cut and probably ends up at bare knuckle with uh, Cody Garbrandt. What do you think?
0: Yeah, this is this is a complete stay away from me. As Uncle Weezy would say, this is a 6-1-3 or a 9-1-1 gambling fight. Um, I don't I don't really know how you would bet this fight. Like Jay Collier, he's a decent fighter. Um, but like once again, it's just neither one of these guys is very technical. And my what annoys me with Chase Sherman is, he does show to have potential, but at the end of the day, he comes across to me as a fighter who doesn't like to get hit. As you pointed out, he tends to back away. And with uh, Jay Collier, he's going to be in his face and he's going to fight
1: Next fight in the card, we have Joanna Anderson Brito against Bill Elgeo, or, or Elgeo. um We're looking at this fight, this is a lower level version of the main event. So we have George Anderson Brito who has wild striking, But looks like chaos, 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 but really is controlled chaos. Um, Comes in and throws bangers, crashes the pocket, willing to go wherever he needs to go. He throws everything into his shots, but he can last three rounds. He can, you know, on Dana White Contender Series, he looked awesome. It was fun to watch. Sure, is someone going to catch him with heavy hands at some point because he does leave his chin out there sometimes? Yeah, but he's just you know, he needs to crash the pocket on Bill, who with LJO, he's gonna throw a lot of kicks and he's gonna have to do the same thing that uh, Cater's gonna have to do against Chicotze, is he's gonna have to time those kicks and try to land overhand. I just think Brito's gonna find a lot more success than Cater might. Um, so I'm I'm going Brito in this fight. I backed Brito in the last fight in the anywhere contender series. We were all about him. Um and I like this guy until he hits that upper echelon uh, of fighters, and then they're gonna he's probably gonna get exposed. Um but yeah, control the chaos and George Anderson Brito all day long. What's the line on this one right now?
0: Um, the line right now on this one is minus one thirty eight for Brito and plus one ten for Algeo. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Brito is probably going to be my pick on this one. Um, I just don't see. I, I can't see him losing this fight. Just how he looked in his last fight, man. And this matchup right here, this is just this is set up nicely for him. So, um, and I think it's done on purpose. So I'm going to go with Jordan Sabrito Brito on this fight. Um, we're on the same page.
0: Yeah, of course, man. Like, if you look at Brito's last fight, he's literally fighting a black belt in jiu-jitsu and comes out and double legs the guy in the first 10 seconds. Like, this guy has no fear in the world.
1: Um, with Bill Algeo... He, good. he got out of, like, a couple of submission spots. Like, he, yeah. you know what I mean? He showed poise and...
0: The guy was right away putting an arm bar. <laughs> didn't give a shit. Slammed the guy in his head. Like, this guy is a complete bull. I think that's some way to describe him. But if you look at Bill Algeo... But the guy thinks he's Dominic Cruz, but gets hit four times as much. He throws kind of wild kicks, wild punches. But I think with Brito, he's just going to be right in his face. And Algio's shown weakness to takedowns before. And although I don't think Brito's the most technical wrestler in the world, I think him mixing it up will be enough to keep him at bay. And I think the power difference is just going to be on display here. So I think Brito, honestly, by KO, is a very smart bet on this one.
1: Yeah, I like that. I mean, you know what we'll do at the end of this? We're going to do just a quick rundown of all the fights again, and then we'll we'll pick any props that we want to look at. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Brito by KO? Yeah. Sounds like a potential.
0: We don't have any lines on it yet, but they'll be Tuesday whenever they
1: yeah. come out. We'll post it on the podcast page. For sure. Okay, next fight on the card we have. Jamie, I want to fade you every day. Pick it, but some reason, for some reason you tend to win against Joseph Holmes. Now, um, with Jamie Pickett, obviously – I mean, we'll say he's well-rounded at one of the lowest levels of levels that there is. Um, And we know that he can stand and strike. We know that he can grapple to some level and and he squeaks out and pulls out some wins and whatnot. But I'm going to fade the shit out of him in this fight. And I know Joseph Holmes didn't look remarkable in his Dana White Contender Series fight, Um, but he did look good in his last fight. I think it was for for CFFC. And I'm going to back James Krause in this one. Based on the odds and how how it looks, you probably should lean pick it. If you're looking at the value on it and the way that the way that it's lined up and likelihoods and all these things. But, uh, you know, I'm going I'm to go with Holmes on this one. And actually, I, I have to still look, and I didn't see this yet. I have to see Jamie pick any losses by submission, how many. Um, because Joseph Holmes go, hunts for submission after submission. Although he has some decent, you know, stand-up and more of a Muay Thai style. Um, with James Cross in his corner, I, I – uh, this is a this is a a great fight for him to come in and, and make a statement. And uh, I think he's going to make it here. So I'm going to go Joseph Holmes on this one. Whether it's going to go to the window, I don't know. But I'm, I'm leaning Joseph Holmes in this fight. What's your thoughts on uh, the fate of Jamie Pickett?
0: Yeah, I'm willing to fade Jamie Pickett every single chance I get um, to answer your question. He has two submission losses on his pro career and two submission losses on his amateur career, both being um, Back in the day, though, he lost uh, his Dana White contender series fight to Charles Byrd by uh, an arm triangle choke. So he is he has been susceptible to submissions in the past. Jimmy Figg is just an all around boring fighter. The guy doesn't really do anything great whenever it comes to being at the highest level. The thing with Joseph Holmes, as you said, he's a little bit of a slower starter, but I think he has more potential to actually stick around in the UFC. The guy's seven and one. He comes out. He has pretty heavy punches. A good ground game. And I think at the end of the day, he'll be able to exploit Jamie Pickett. I think Jamie Pickett's days in the UFC are fairly numbered. His last fight against Leonard Stripoli was absolutely awful. Pretty much held the guy against the cage the whole time. We all know Dana White hates people like this. So I feel like the first chance he has to cut this guy, I don't think he's going to keep him around for much longer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like Holmes will even, if he has you up against the cage, he'll hunt for like Kamoras and other submissions to take you down with. Um, he's very aggressive with submissions when he closes that distance on you. Um, exactly. Yeah, I know it's still a little bit lower level, and you know I'm only going off a certain amount of tape, but I just I'm gonna go with uh, Holmes in this one. I don't know what the chalk's at on him now. It's probably a little, little high, little high at this point. But as far as a pick them, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Holmes.
0: It's this. honestly not too bad right now. You're still getting a fairly good line on him. Last time I checked, you're sitting at a minus one fifty to plus one twenty five. So okay. it, it's not terrible at all. I think they're pretty much seeing the same thing we're seeing, where Jamie Pick is more than likely going to be on his way out. Like, the guy got KO'd by Jordan Wright, and Jordan Wright's pretty much a two-minute man <laughs> whenever it comes down to it.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. I think uh, yeah, Jordan White Wright is never someone that's good to lose to. Um, you, you don't want to lose to that guy, the Beverly Hills ninja. Okay, next fight in the card we have Rami's Brahimaj against Court McGee, we have a vet who has volume, 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 and not to, to take a shot at him because if he landed a punch on me he'd knock me out clean, but he, there's that extra bit of power and if he had that extra little bit of power he would be so much better of a fighter, because he lands so many shots on people. Um, he is getting up there in age now. I'm not sure what he is now, but I'm saying fighter age. He's got 30 fights under his belt, regardless of what his age is right now. Uh, Rami's Brahimaj, obviously, you know, his ear gets taken off in his, I think it was Dana White Contender Series, um, or his debut, sorry. Um, but then on top of that, you know, he, he it's gonna be a striker versus grappler, a bet striker who can keep it on the feet versus a grappler who's going to push that or try to try take takedowns as much as possible. Um, is court mcgee done or can he be a vet and I mean, i've been back and forth on this one man i'm just going to go court mcgee on this one i'm i'm old um so i'll lean towards court mcgee the old man on this one but really if it came down to betting i'd probably go over um if they gave it to you but they probably wouldn't over one and a half or two and a half depending on what that was
0: yeah like for me in this one um i'm on ramirez all day uh, yeah i know in his last fight he, we had the disgusting. No, I'm sorry, it's not his last fight, the one prior. We had that really disgusting injury where his ear literally pretty much got taken off by an elbow by Max Griffin. It's fairly uh, disgusting. I rewatched it while I was doing the tape study for this one. Um, But he came out and he redeemed himself. He had the fight against uh, Sasha Polaklov and he came out, took him down right away, choked him out within two and a half minutes. It was a pretty outstanding performance. I think a lot of people are looking at what Court McGee used to be. Um, I feel like, as you said, the guy's got a 30 fight veteran. I think his best year is behind him. He did beat Claudio Silva in his last fight, but Claudio Silva looked absolutely terrible. He looked gassed out pretty much the second the fight started, was throwing just wild punches, shooting sloppy shots, just didn't all look good. Prior to that, he went on a three fight losing streak, losing to Carlos Condon, Sean, Sean Brady, and Diego Lima. And so uh, I'm with Ramirez all day. I think he's the younger, hungrier fighter. And I think he will be able to take Kormakia on the spot.
1: OK, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not a confident play. I'm more just picking it to pick it. But um, with that, definitely, um, you'll, you'll probably take me on that one, to be honest. But I'll stick with my guns and, and go with the old man just because he's the old man. And that's actually why you're fading, him, which is awesome. Um, OK, next fight on the card, we have TJ Brown against Gabriel Benitez. Um You know, we got a guy who's going to throw kicks, some power against a guy who's going to try to take it to the ground at any cost. And and T.J. Brown needs to get this fight to the ground. If he doesn't get this fight to the ground, man's in trouble. Man's in a lot of trouble. Um, I mean, what's your thoughts on this? I'm still back and forth on this one right now. I know that with Benitez, he is favored. What is he minus what right now?
0: Uh, Right now, Gabriel Benitez is sitting at a minus 175.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm all day on that. I think that Benitez is going to catch him in, with multiple shots um, and either put him out in this fight or make him look bad at moments and have big moments in the fight. So I'm going to go Gabriel Benitez in this fight. That's my official pick. What's your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I'm going to side on the other one with this one. I'm going to slightly go with TJ Brown. It's not my hottest take on this fight. TJ Brown's super aggressive and comes with swinging, so I'm just going to give him the puncher's chance in this fight. I've been pretty much taking – Favorites on all this card, so I think we'll shoot for a dog on this one. Gabriel Benitez is one of these guys that he's very athletic, very strong, but he tends to not to like get hit, and that's one thing that's always bothered me with fighters is they're in the fight game, but they tend to back away whenever they get punched. It just leaves me a little bit worrisome, especially with somewhere you're putting your money onto. Um, his only win in the last little bid has been to Justin James, who is no longer in the UFC, if I recall correctly. And it wasn't the most impressive thing. Justin James is on a four-fight losing streak. So I'm going to back the dog in this one. I think he'll just be the more aggressive fighter, and I think he'll be able to either ride out a decision or get a late finish.
1: Yeah, so another one we're on the other side of, and that one seems to be one that we're a little more invested in, I would say. Um, So that might be one that we go up against each other on. I think maybe that's what we'll find is um, we'll try to find spots where we have you know a difference of opinion and then we'll see where the points are at the end of it okay next fight in the card we have a similar situation we have dakota bush who is striking and wrestling against slava Vasislav fashoslav borishev is a problem he really really is his counter striking and his striking is awesome his get up game is pretty decent from what we saw um team alpha male uh I think he's going to be the one that's going to sort of lead the charge of team alpha male in the future, at least from any prospect that I see coming up right now. Um, I don't think Dakota Bush is going to like this fight. I don't think he's going to like it at all. I think he's going to get touched up a lot. Does he get finished? I don't know, but I'm on, I'm on Slava Claus on this one. Maybe it's because he looks so good in his last fight with his counters and, and I want to see that dance again, but the reality is, is I'm, I'm going to, Line up with Slava Claus.
0: yeah. This is like your stereotypical uh strike versus grappler type match. Um, Dakota Bush really needs to get this fight to the ground. He has a he does have a couple of KOs on his record, he has looked fairly good on the feet, but uh, with Logic, I'm gonna butcher this guy's name every single time, but um, the guy who was a K1 champion, I think almost about 10 years ago, he has very crisp striking, we've seen it. And if this fight stays standing, he's going to KO Dakota Bush fairly quickly. So this will be one of these fights where I think a live betting perspective is the best way to handle it, where you know how it's probably going to play out on the feet. But if Dakota Bush starts landing takedowns, you're going to see that line move a little bit. Or in retrospect, if he can actually make it out of the first or second round, you may be able to see a late finish from him, just based on the fact that Blasch I can't say this guy's name. He's not going to be able I'll to keep that – Slava Claus. man's name is
1: Slava Claus. That's real easy. It's all you.
0: Slava Claus. That's what we're running with. <laughs> so I don't think he's going to be able to uh, keep that pressure going the whole time. So I said, I like a live bet on this one. If uh, Dakota Bush makes it past the seven and a half minute mark, I'll probably lay some chalk on him.
1: All right. So we're, uh, you know, you have an angle for that, but we're on the same page roughly as far as the pick. Next fight in the card, we have Brian Bloom-Kelleher against sad uh ukab so kakramanov against kelleher all right this is uh, interesting well what's the line at right now line? i know that uh, kelleher was dogging
0: yeah the line for this one is um sorry it's way down here <laughs> is uh plus 130 for kelleher and minus 160 for kakramanov
1: i mean kakramanov his striking looks solid. His submission game looks solid. Like he's He is a prospect coming up, 100%. It's just, I don't know. I mean, against Tre- Trevin Jones, I know that he uh, submits him and looks good. He- he's got the power in the hands. There's a lot of a lot of upside to this guy. But to go against Brian Boone-Kelleher, who's just another sort of controlled chaos situation, the only thing I could see that could happen – you know, as Keller is Kelleher so aggressive? A little wide with his striking, gets tagged up. Maybe a club and sub situation. I'm still wanting to lean Kelleher in this because you know, what's the dog money at again? Sorry. Uh, it's out of plus plus one thirty. Yeah, it's so it's we're close to a pick 'em. I, I I might wait for the scales on this, and not just because of the scale itself, but I might wait last minute to to see where this goes. This might be a live betting situation as well too. I just want to see how they look when they stand in front of each other because Kelleher just it's it's hard, man. You, you want to fade him at times against some higher level guys and he crushes people. And then it's his mentality. He's just a savage. I don't know if we can say that in 2022, but I'm going to say it. He's a savage. Um, hopefully Ontario doesn't come and take me out of my house for that one. Um, Brian kelleher I'm probably going to back the dog on this one. Although I am big on Kak Romanov. I just with kelleher what was his last? I was pulled up right now. His in front. last win was a win over uh, Domingo Pilarte. Yeah, so he beats Pilarte in his last fight. Yeah, man, I don't know. It, win loss, win loss has also been his thing recently, so it could go either way. I might wait, look at a live betting situation on this one, see how they engage in that first round. But we might not even need that. It might end by either of them um, in the first round. So definitely an interesting one. Um, what's your thoughts on this one? How do you see this one playing out? Um. Once again, <laughs> back the favorite in this one. I like Um,
0: Just based on the fact that, like Brian Kelleher, whenever he tends to do well in dog situations, it's against guys that either have strong offensive wrestling but weak submission games, or guys that prefer to stand where he can take advantage of them, like to make a Domingo Lovarte, for example, where Domingo really wanted to keep that fight standing, but Kelleher was just able to take him down for three rounds and just kind of control the fight. With Romanoff. he's got great submissions, and uh, Kelleher's been submitted a fair bit of times in his career. So at first, whenever I looked at this fight and it was announced, I was on the Kelleher side. I always like to favor Kelleher and Elkins, two guys that can always get my dog money. But um, after watching Tape Study, I just honestly think this is a bad matchup for Kelleher. I think whenever you see them on the scales, I think where are Romanov is going to be the bigger fighter. I think the striking will be a little bit more in his favor, just because he's got a relatively heavy kicking game and his boxing fairly crisp. And I think he's gonna be able to control Kellher, get to the ground, and maybe even get a submission. I think he's got a potential to be in the top 10 in the near future. So you know, this is one of the situations where you're either going to back the up-and-comer or you're going to back the vet, and I'm going to back the up-and-comer in this one.
1: And usually there's at least one fight in the card where you sort of sway my thinking, and you make a good point there. Um, Kelleher does tend to expose people on their weakness and because he is a well-rounded chaos. That being said, when you have Kak who's very well-rounded, but he is a higher level. He's going to be a, a near the top of the division. Um, that is a great point. Kelleher might find himself in a bunch of water that he doesn't want to be in. And he won't have an option to go anywhere else. So definitely interesting. I might wait. Like I said, I still want to sort of wait till the end on it. I was leaning more Kelleher, but, you know, that is a, a great and valid point. And another reason why I like doing the podcast and having opposing views. And we seem to be opposing on quite a bit to start the year, which is fucking awesome. Um, next fight on the card, we have Vanessa Dimopoulos, sloppy Dimopoulos. Against Silvana Gomez Suarez, who we didn't really get to see at her, her best. Because although she was waiting about to fight in the Dana White Contender Series, um, you know, she fought against Lupita Goninez, who's no joke, who is uh, I'm I'm backing that girl huge this year. Um, I don't think we got to see what Silvana's worth. And I just, Vanessa Demopoulos, although if she wants to push and try to take her down and take her down. We, we do have Silvana who's gonna be more striking, but does have a little bit of submission gain. Demopolis obviously wants top control. It could go either way. Really, I'm not going to the window with any of this, any any bets on this one. I, I was sort of looking at Silvana initially, more just because I think I want to fade Demopolis. I'm gonna likely look at over, over on this uh fight goes um and leave it at that if I do touch anything on this. But if I'm gonna go with it, I'm just gonna I'm gonna take Juarez. because we haven't really seen her at the at this you know on the big stage and see what she really can do and i i just want to fade demopolis because she's just sort of sloppy she she's she's a little bit of a mess and falls into her situations for herself so um yeah i'm gonna go savannah on this what's your thoughts
0: yeah like i gotta go the same way on you um at the end of the day if you're gonna bet women's MMA, i think betting the over 1.5 is always gonna be the safest bet it's just At the end of the day, you don't really see as much finishing capability. You don't see really first-round flashy KOs or first-round submissions. There's no knock on it. It just tends to be the trend where it takes them longer to get everything going. So at the end of the day, um, I'm with you. I'm going to have to back Vanessa on this one. But yeah, bet the over 1.5 or stay away. (laughs) First fight of the year, whoever you choose to bet on is probably going to be the one that's going to lose in this one.
1: Okay. So yeah, I mean... You've gone through the card, I think there's still a little bit of uncertainty as far as some of the fights that are out there and we're not really um, even close to locking in situations. But if you were to really pick your, what what one do you think that we sort of clash on the most? I think that the Benitez Brown one?
0: For the sake of me, (laughs) I'm going to have to say Kaylin Chikagan versus Jennifer Maya. The Brown one, to me, is just a straight value bet. I don't think we've seen the best Benitez recently, so based on that, I'll pick TJ Brown. But it's definitely not a confident pick by any stretch of the imagination.
1: And you know what? I'm sort of flip on that, although I'm sort of picking Maya, but because of it's a smaller cage. But then, (laughs) we, you know, it gives us an edge both ways, so that'll be two fights that we bring into the fold against each other. We're going to iron out exactly how we're going to work a point system, but at least let's get some counter um, fights lined up. So those are two that we're going to put on the card against each other. Um, It could end up being the main event that we put on the card against each other, depending on how that looks pre-fight. I may drop that in depending on where you're at with that. Um, But if you were, okay. So those are two fights we're looking at right now on Twitter. And then, um, you know, next week we'll discuss where what we picked and what was what, and, and how our point system worked out and who won. Um, you're going down, bitch. And for we look from a team standpoint though, if we're looking at our parlays and what we wanna do, where do you see the par, any parlays? If any, it could only be a two fight parlay. It could be a parlay with an over, whatever you want, wherever you feel the strongest is, you know, what, what fight do you think is a definite, almost close to, if not definite lock? Uh, for me,
0: This is one of these cards where I wouldn't suggest doing too big of parlays just based on the fact that you're dealing with a lot of uh, low-level guys and people who are generally just coming in. Um, But the card we originally had, I had a much better take on it. But unfortunately, most of the fights I was confident on are no longer on this card. Um, If you're going to set a parlay, and this would be mine that I'd put out for our podcast, I'd go with Kaelin Jacagan, Brandon Ravel, and Joe Anderson Burrito. You get it at plus 3 plus three plus. 331. So a $20 bet would pay out 90 bucks. Those would be my three hottest takes on this one. Um, there's a lot of other good spots, like as, as you said, but, and as much as I want to put Giga Chazian in, cause I really do think he'll be Calvin Cater at minus two fifty. I don't think you're getting any value on that at all.
1: Okay. So, I mean, so George Anderson Brito, Brandon Roy Bell, and I know that you're going to K I mean, We'll leave that right now as a potential to just go on there, but that would mean that I would have to jump off the Maya train in order to do that because that's can't how do that, I, I want to do it. Something we agree upon, we set up the parlay, and then we have our counter
0: points. So if we took out Kalen Jukagin, who would you put in and replace? Because we agree on the other two fights. It's tough, man. Um, <laughs> He's dumpster diving on this card.
1: <laughs> you, you really are. Um, I'm 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 wish shopping right now. I'm wish shopping for a deal. I mean, if Kelleher wasn't so, such a monster, I mean the next higher level guy that I think could divide himself or you know um separate himself from the pack would be Kavramanov, but I just I don't know. I'm not parlaying against Kelleher. I just that's not happening. Um, if you were to say, you know what? Well, why don't we just make Chase Sherman the top of our parlay? What do you think?
0: Let's do it. I think Chase
1: Sherman rides all day. <laughs> and this will be the last podcast we ever do. Yeah, exactly. um, definitely not going with Chase Sherman again. anywhere. I think that Calvin Cater is – I think there's a shot for him to do something there. But, I mean, I just don't know what, kind of, what he's going to look like after a year. I don't know what his mentality is going to be like. Because everybody has this – you know, he just got beat so bad in his last fight against a guy who's next level. But that's what Giga is, so it's it's definitely interesting.
0: I'm pretty upset that we're not getting Walking Buckley and uh, Abdul Raghassan. And honestly, Michelle Pereira and Muslim Salkov is a fight I've been looking forward to since like for three months since it's been announced. So I'm really hoping they don't find uh, a, repair, uh, a replacement for Pereira and they rebook it. Like I was more excited for that fight than I am for the main event. <laughs>
1: That would have been fun to watch. That, that would have been really fun to watch. I would
0: put zero action on that fight. I would sit down and I would just be happier than a pig and shit to watch that fight. But unfortunately, we're not gonna get it. So hopefully the The angle goes. enough. that fight might have
1: been like an over. Um yeah. As a potential for for getting some value. But um now if you're looking at in the next upcoming cards and we were look at a back or fade situation, right? Um, I had mentioned um, I'm on the physique of train. He is someone that I'm going to be backing moving forward until he proves me wrong. Um, On the flip side, which is sort of funny, I may fade Bobby Green. And why? Because we're going to get a good price on Bobby Green next fight. And, um, you know, I may fade him. I I may fade him. I'm not sorry, not a good price for his opponent, I mean, because, he, you know, he knocks um, out his last opponent. I just see that he's going to be priced really well, and he has lost many decisions still. So... Mm -hmm although i'm uh, you know a bobby green fan he might be someone i actually fate um moving forward i know that multiple people have talked about it patty Pimblett, he's a uh, someone that's really got to prove some things he you know he's what he's got lined up potentially cerrone is that the
0: yeah it's, it's not announced but i think they're trying to do a ufc london so they're trying to do cerrone versus patty Pimblett.
1: yeah it's definitely interesting i mean depends on what cerrone you get this chin is very suspect at this point but i mean he could still put Patty Pimblet out to pasture, real quick. So Patty Pimblet out to pasture. I can run with that. Um, but yeah, that would be potential of just the talk of fader or back for you. Who's uh, someone that you really want to back? Oh, other mentioned, Lup- Lupita Gorinez. Um, I'm all this girl is working her ass off. I see her on Instagram um, regularly. She's killing it out there. So I'm gonna be looking at backing her more this year as well, too. It's gonna break my heart to say this, but
0: I'm gonna fade more this year. <laughs> I think in the Marlon Moraes fight, we really saw that he can show weakness to a guy that can hit him. And, you know, Moraes is well on his way out. The guy's got about three minutes worth of fighting in, and then he just all goes to shit. But I think we saw some things in that fight where, you know, Marab's going to be getting that top five now. And I think he'll probably open up as a favorite regardless of who it is because people are super high on Marab. And um, I think I'm regardless who it is, I think that's going to be somebody who I'm going to have to fade in the future. As for somebody who I'm going to back, I think Eli Taporia is a guy that's, you know, he's up and coming. He's got to fight up against even uh, Ivanov, which should be a highly competitive fight. And I will say it that if uh, Eli Taporia beats Mozart, I will 100% be back him in the future. The guy's got crisp striking, good grappling, the guy's a complete powerhouse. And if he can get past this next test, I think it's somebody we'll see in the top ten, top five in the future for
1: sure. Definitely, I mean, and, and once you, there's other guys you can look at as far as fading, and and when you can look at as far as fading, like Achito Vera is an example. Um, yeah. Once you get up into that top three, you may be an amazing fighter. But you could also get exposed. Um, so you got to start looking at guys like that. Like when they get into that top three, are they really at that level or are they going to get exposed really badly and, and we call it a day? So, yeah, I mean, like I said, we, we, it's not that it has to be a whole like segment where we break things down, but just understanding moving forward, next couple of fights coming up, who's a fade, who's a, who's a you know, a back. Um, I think that's definitely something we want to look at. So regardless, I think we hit some points and hit some nails on the head here. Got some things done. How do you feel?
0: Feel good man. So I think we hit um pretty much every angle you really can on this car. As I said, it's you know it's a car that kind of fell apart. So you got to kind of go dumpster diving to find some good spots. But I definitely think there's some spots that we pointed out. Um I think that you know, once the props come out on Tuesday, we'll have a better angle. There's definitely some things um prop-wise that I don't enjoy betting more than money lines, just because money lines are a little bit greasy, like a lot of over 1.5s and stuff like that may be the way to go. Just because on this fight card, there's a lot of uh, a lot of close lines and a lot of even fights and a lot of untested fighters coming up into the UFC. So I think um, from a betting perspective, if you're going to look at it in that light, that you know you should look at like the over unders fight doesn't go the distance type of things, even if they're a little juiced. Sometimes it's just better to play something where the odds are in your favor than you know betting a minus one ten because you think that that's going to be the side and then losing out on it. For sure.
1: Yeah, I'm with it, man. Um, As always, um, I love doing this, man. I love breaking down fights with you and going through this. This season's going to get better and better as we roll. Let's make some motherfucking money. Um, As far as um, content, anybody who is listening out there in the the multiverse that we're living in, send some feedback, man, on the page on MMA Breakdown. Send some feedback, you know, whatever it is you let us know, and uh, we'll do our best to help you out uh by changing it to make it work for you that being said we do that's what we should name the podcast by the way it should be that being said uh, (laughs) because we said i think we both say that quite a bit Um, that's because we're canadian but we will wrap it up here first podcast in the bag for 2022 i'm callum mcgregor he's nick eglai don't tap podcast once again we try to find angles we try to have some fun make some money get some cash in your pockets if you don't like Champ John Jones. Follow me on Twitter.